0: Well, good morning. morning. Uh, Turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians, and we'll be looking at chapter 3 this morning. So Colossians in chapter 3. So the book of Colossians in chapter 3, we'll be looking at uh, verses 1 to 4. Beginning in verse number 1. It reads, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, will also, then you also will appear with him in glory. Uh, last time I spoke, we looked at Colossians chapter 2, uh, the end of it, we looked at Four false teachings of the time uh, and how they're still around today uh, and how Paul attacked each one. The four false teachings were Greek philosophy, legalism, mysticism and asceticism. Uh, Each was broken down and in summary, they are beliefs that Jesus Christ is not enough for salvation uh, and extra things are needed to be added. Paul refutes each of these false teachings and teaches that Christ is enough that Jesus is God and that we need to hold firm to that. The beginning of chapter 3 is the end of two chapters of doctrine and Paul begins to teach the implications of those teachings which he has explained. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for uh, this day, this time where we can come together uh, to open your word, uh, to sing songs of praise to you, Lord, to pray to you. We just uh, thank you for this place where we can meet Uh, We just pray for this time that we are spending in your word, that you would uh, convict each one here, Lord, that each one would be uh, in a place in their own lives before you where they are are ready to uh, receive teaching uh, through your word, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, that uh, they would be um, uh, changed and convicted, Lord, and uh, be drawn closer to you to be more uh, like you. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, the first point that I'd like to look at is that Jesus Christ is not of this world. Uh, John chapter 8, uh, Jesus says, you are, you, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Uh, in John 18 verse 36 it says, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Uh, To see this and how it applies to us, we need to look at Romans in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which say, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, He says, do not be conformed to this world. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. And this paradox runs all through the conversations that Jesus had with his disciples and elsewhere in the New Testament. The idea that we are not to be a part of this world. And Jesus seems to contradict this idea when he says in his prayer to the Father in John 17, verse 5, Father, do not take them out of the world. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus spoke to all of us and says, Go into all the world and make disciples. Writing to Titus in chapter 2, in verse 12, the Apostle said, Live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, John reminds us that we are to live like Christ in the world. So how can it be that we are to reach the world from beyond the world when Jesus also says to go into the world? Uh, When John says, be Christ in the world, how can these two be brought together? This paradox can be explained simply like this. Spiritually, we live above, while physically, we live here on earth. Our inside uh, lives in heaven and our outside lives here. When Paul said to separate ourselves from the world, he wasn't just talking about personal holiness. He was talking about evangelism. There is no way we can reach the world until we get out of it and see its need from a heavenly perspective. In Ephesians, the Apostle Paul tells us to leave the world. He tells us to take our hearts and our hopes, our thoughts, and to get them out of the world. He does that by telling us that everything we really want is, is not of this world anyway. Uh, He says, for example, and you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Uh, He tells us in chapter 3, verse 10, that the angels are there in the heavenly places. He tells us in chapter 1, verse 20, that Christ is there in heavenly places. He tells us in chapter 2, verse 6 in Ephesians, that our position is there. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. In other words, the blessings are there The angels are there, the Lord is there, our seat is there, but what are we doing here? And that is the message of Colossians chapter 3. Uh, Verses 1 to 4 again say, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. And there is a simple message in those verses, uh, and that message is this. Get out of the world. Separate yourself from the world in terms of your spiritual attitude, in terms of your inner man. Uh, As I said earlier, Paul has closed out the doctrinal section of the book of Colossians. Uh, The doctrinal section is over, and now having stated sound doctrine, he makes some practical implications. And as we have learned in the past, doctrine always has practical implications. And the first practical principle Paul teaches here is to get out of the world. Uh, Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians and chapter 2 and verse verse number 6. So a few pages back on Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. Speaking about the benefits of salvation, uh, which occurs when you come to Christ, Paul writes in Ephesians two and verse six, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the Greek, this is the past tense, something that has already happened, a past action. Uh, Whenever a Greek wanted to say something that was already done and absolutely irrevocable and couldn't be changed, he said it in the past, and that Uh, is what it means. The moment we come to Christ, when we were dead in sins, we were made alive together with Christ. When we were saved by grace, we were instantly raised up and given a home in the heavenly places in Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, we find the same thought in verse 20, where he says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though our bodies aren't there, that is to be the occupation of our mind, heavenly places. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. This is a great statement about the fact that we have been granted everything we need for living the Christian life. And verse 4 expands on it by saying, By which he has granted to us... His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. When we are saved, positionally we are taken out of the world. In the words of John, what is it that overcomes the world? Even our faith. When we put our faith in Christ, we overcame the world. When we received the divine power that came in salvation, The great and precious promises, when we were made a partaker of the divine nature, we escaped the corruption that is in the world. We were transformed. Our conversation and our manner of life is in heavenly places. The moment we were saved, God granted to us the capacity to enter and to live in his presence. Christianity is, or should be, a heavenly life. Meaning, as Paul says in Colossians 3, it is a life that focuses on things above, not on earthly things. It is a preoccupation with the divine. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Our life is to be a continual gazing on the glory of the Lord while being transformed by the Holy Spirit into his image. This chapter and these first few verses we're looking at in Colossians is a call to true spirituality, to true Christianity. And true Christianity is setting your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. It is being separated from the world, stepping away from the world. You can see the world and reach it from the view of Jesus Christ. Verse number 1 of Colossians 3 begins with a reminder. If then you have been raised with Christ. The if here is speaking of a reality and a better translation would be since because it is already an accomplished fact. Since you have been raised with Christ is literally, literally what the Greek would say. Since you have been raised with Christ, an already accomplished reality. Uh, There is an interesting pattern in the first four verses of chapter 3. I'll read it again and see uh, if you can see it for yourself. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Uh, Paul says in verse 1, with Christ. In verse 1 again, where Christ. In verse 3, with Christ. In verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Christ in glory. So we have with Christ, where Christ, with Christ, and with Christ again. The emphasis is very clear. Having Christ is having everything. He is the center of our resurrection life, And the conscious preoccupation of the believer is to be on Christ. That's what it means when it says, set your mind on things that are above. Get your preoccupation on Christ. He is the centre of our life. In chapter 2, we looked at the false teachers of the day. Paul said, don't let anybody come along and mislead you with human philosophy, with human rules and rituals and legalism, with their angels and their visions and their higher experiences with their acts of prideful, fleshly self-indulgence, but that Christ is sufficient. Colossians 2 and verse 10 put it as well as it will ever be put, you are complete in him. And that is what he is saying here. You have everything in having Christ. You don't need any of the world's systems of religions. You don't need to say Christ plus human philosophy, Christ plus legalism, Christ plus mysticism, plus asceticism. All you need is Christ. Uh, the verse says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Uh, seek those things which are above. Literally, continually be seeking those things which are above. Make it the pattern of your life to be preoccupied with heaven. Paul is not offering another kind of asceticism. He's not inviting us to be spaced out spiritually. Uh, he's not inviting us to walk around high and mighty in a fog. That isn't the idea. He is simply saying, Let your preoccupation with heaven govern your earthly responses. Uh, So what does it mean to think on heavenly things? It doesn't mean just thinking about heaven. Uh, You have to think about who is there. He's not saying to imagine yourself strolling down the golden street or imagining what heaven will be like. Uh, That isn't the idea. The idea is not a preoccupation with what makes up heaven, but the idea of thinking heavenly thoughts is to be preoccupied with the one who reigns in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number one says, Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. The verb here is to be constantly seeking. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek the things that are above, these are the spiritual characteristics and values that are Christ. For example, tenderness, kindness, loveliness, meekness, long-suffering, patience, wisdom, forgiveness, and most of all, love. It is the things that fill the heart of Jesus Christ. And those are the things that if we spend enough time with him, fill our heart as we become more like him. Uh, Continuing the same thought in verse number two, he says, Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Verse number 1 says, seek, and verse 2, literally in the Greek, says, keep on thinking the things above. Uh, You not only seek heaven, but you set your mind on it. The mind here is talking about the intellect. Uh, Romans 12 verse 2 also speaks of the mind when it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The way we renew our mind is the same way we set our mind on things above through the word of God. Through a preoccupation with the scripture and what it teaches us about who God is, his character, these truths become part of our thinking and decision-making and are translated into our actions. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14 says, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We are dead to the world. Our life is hidden with Christ in God one man who lived these verses out uh, who separated himself from the world and was preoccupied with things above was hudson taylor he had a great burden for china his biographers tell us uh, where he got this burden from they write that he lived so much in the presence of jesus christ that he began to feel the great heartbeat of jesus for lost souls and he himself says that the burden burden of christ became my burden he lived in the heavenly places so much that he began to feel like Jesus felt. This is what his biographer says. He found the self-satisfying hymn-singing congregation in Brighton, England intolerable. He looked around pew unto pew of prosperous bearded merchants, shopkeepers, visitors, dressed-up wives, scrubbed children, trained to hide their impatience. The atmosphere of smug piety sickened him. He took his hat and left. And later said, unable to bear the sight of a congregation of a thousand and more Christian people rejoicing in their own security while millions were perishing for lack of knowledge, I wandered out on the sands alone in great spiritual agony. And there on the beach he prayed for God to give him 24 labourers to go to China. I'd like to finish by looking at and reading Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16, if you'll turn there. 2 Corinthians, verse 5 and 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. For the Christian who has risen with Christ, we have a new focus. Uh, There is a new focal point. We have a new direction. Just like the compass needle is drawn to the north, so our spirit is drawn to heavenly places. Uh, It is to be preoccupied with Jesus Christ.